っはい、バッド。はい、どうも、ありがとうございます。はい。
constantly tried to trap Jesus into saying what they thought would be the wrong thing when it came to questions about the law, questions about uh, the, the, what we call the Bible. And, and I believe that this might have been one of those occasions as well. And Jesus actually gives an interesting story that I believe really has a life lesson for us here today. So if you're able to, I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we read God's Word together. Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 25, and we're going to go to verse 37. Y'all with me? Say amen if you're there. Here we go. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who's my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And when he was attacked by robbers, uh, they stripped him of his clothes, they beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. When I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have. Now, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So Lord, I pray that today you would show us who our neighbor is. Uh, Lord, I pray for two sets of people here today that we're going to talk about. Those that feel a bit beat up and those that are passing by the same road that they are who have a chance to make a difference in someone's life. Lord, speak to both of us today. And Lord, I'll give you praise for all you do. In Jesus' name, and we all said amen. 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 You may be seated. So, if there's, you know how there's some uh, Bible stories that kind of transcend church life? You know, like, like anytime you, you might see like a small school play football against a really big school, they call that a David and Goliath type thing, right? And, and, and 
Even people who aren't even Christians will say, well, this is a David and Goliath type situation. Uh, This is another one where we constantly have that term, well, he was a good Samaritan to that guy. He was a good Samaritan to that person. And that's, this is where that comes from. Except I think sometimes we gloss over some of the details and, and some of the things that Jesus made a point to share when we read this story and when we even think about this story. And I want to go there today. I want to help us kind of unpack this a little bit more and speak to each and every one of us today. This story is actually a lesson that each of us can still learn today. It's a lesson that each and every one of us can still learn today. And I want to share that with you here. So we're going to take a look at two groups of people, okay? Two groups of people. Let's look at the first. Let's take a look at the suffering. The person who really suffered in this story. Uh, Now again, this is a make-believe story that Jesus tells, but he throws in a lot of elements of truth to all of his stories when he tells them. And he does that when we take a look at the man who was victimized by uh, robbers on, on his way from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, here's the deal. Uh, it was not uncommon for this to take place in the very route that Jesus was talking about. So, it, you know, it's not like, you know, this person was walking in Talmud Circle and he got beat up by a gang of ninjas. You know, it's... Uh, no gangs of ninjas, very low crime here in Talmadge from what I understand. But maybe Jesus would say, this person was walking down Halstead Street in Chicago. <laughs> and okay, now that would make sense if you know Chicago. Uh, so he's using some very real imagery to kind of make his point. And look what he says. Again, starting in verse 30. 30. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And when he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, they beat him, and then they went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the men, he passed by on the other side. And so too a Levite when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. I will tell you, friends, that the person that Jesus is using as the one being in need is actually representative of people that we see every single day in our world, in our culture, in your world tomorrow. When you get up, and you go on your day, whether that be school, or whether that be the workplace, or whether that be in your hood, or or, or wherever you might live, I believe that you are going to encounter somebody who has been through similar situation that this man went through when he suffered in this story. Let me explain to you what I mean. First of all, this man was attacked. This man was attacked. Let me tell you, this should not be a shock to anybody. 
But the enemy of our souls is attacking our culture in a huge way today. The enemy of our souls is attacking, uh, trying to throw in some crazy spiritual strongholds against people, strongholds of addiction, strongholds of pornography, strongholds of, of, of all kinds of things that take us away from a healthy relationship with Jesus Christ. This man was the victim of an attack by thieves. Boy, is it any wonder that Jesus, in talking about the devil, said that he is a thief, that he only comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's the agenda of our enemy, is to attack. He chooses to attack the Christian He chooses to attack what I would call the pre-Christian. If you know me, I believe there is no such thing as a hopeless case. And he chooses to keep people from heaven. He chooses to shipwreck lives. He chooses to break apart families. He chooses to destroy churches. He chooses to destroy, to steal, to kill. That is the attack. That is the MO of the enemy. And I will tell you this, that I believe that the enemy's time is short. And I believe that God is getting ready to come back. And friend, I will just say right here and right now, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, don't delay any longer. You need Jesus today. You need Jesus as we see the enemy really turn things up. That we are, folks, we are seeing things right now that we never thought we'd see just five, six years ago. Stuff that we would say, well, no, 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 we're not going to do that. And now, now, it's an attack. It's an attack. And as we uncovered last week, by the way, Let's remember who our enemy is. Our enemy is not a politician. I I need a better amen than that. Our enemy is not a politician. Our enemy is not a political party. Our enemy is is not the person that you disagree with on certain political issues or cultural issues. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, the scripture says. Our enemy is Satan, the devil. And again, I am not a demon under every rock kind of person. I believe that we have the victory through Jesus Christ. But let's not be so short-sighted and not realize that there is a very real attack going on in our culture right now. And the origin of that attack is the enemy of our very souls, the devil. This man was attacked. Secondly, he was in agony. He was in agony. When these thieves, these robbers, met the man on the road, that was not to have a little kumbaya session. They stole and took everything that the man owned. They even took his clothes. They stripped him down to nothing. Do you know what I'm seeing now? I'm seeing people who have been robbed of the very thing that Jesus wants for them. I'm seeing the enemy agonizingly 
rob people of God's best from their lives. This man had everything stolen from him. This is what the enemy does. He will steal your joy. He will try to steal your peace. He will try to steal your contentment. He will try to steal your hope. There are people that have lost all of this. And right now, they are down to nothing. And it is creating a spiritual, and I would even say emotional agony right now on our culture. And you see these people every single day. And what's interesting, they may be stripped of everything that's important, but they might be dressed to the nines. They may look great. They may have a great house. But yet, they've been ripped off by the enemy. This culture is full of people who've been attacked, who are in agony. Thirdly, they have been abandoned. They've been abandoned. Verse 30 again tells us that not only did they beat him up, not only did they strip him and take everything, but then they left him on the road to die. Totally abandoned him on that road. I believe right now that there is a uh, mental health crisis going on in our culture right now. Where people feel so isolated and alone and abandoned. Uh, blame the pandemic all you want to, but this, this is an attack of the enemy. This is a side effect of what the enemy has been trying to do in our culture. Is isolate people from other people. This is why the church exists, because we need each other. And we have people that haven't seen the light of day in months. There are people in our culture that are scared to death to leave their doors. In Australia right now, you have to have a freedom pass to walk out the door and go three kilometers from your house. You need a pass to do that. Y'all would have needed a pass to come to church with the exception of maybe a couple people in this room. And people are responding to this because they've been secluded and left alone, feeling abandoned. That is not what God wants for his people. We have been created to live in community. Let me get off the pandemic. The mental crisis that feels like nobody's there for me. Nobody's here. I had the misfortune, well, the, the, the young lady that called me from another state whom I hadn't spoken to in 20 years. Uh, she called her old youth pastor. And weeping on the phone. I said, honey, and, and I knew the story. 
she had found her husband, who was quite well-to-do, very successful, had actually been on television in a seven-season series on some channel, had a lot going for him, beautiful wife, beautiful kids. This woman found her husband with a self-inflicted gunshot wound in their car. She opened the door and he fell into her arms dead. Boy, what do you say? What do you say? People ask, why, why? And, and, and as a person who is pretty quick with his words, I had nothing. She said, how, do, how does a person who, who is, he, he had everything, we're, we're doing great. It's an attack of the enemy on our culture right now. That even a person with a great job and a great income in a gorgeous home with a beautiful wife and beautiful kids could think, I have nothing left to live for. This is real talk. This is not some stat sheet from Barna. This, this is... That was on my cell phone on a Friday night. There are some people suffering today. And you may not even realize it. Won't you be their neighbor? Do you realize that God has put you in this position for a reason? In fact, let, let, let's go further. This man was not only attacked and in agony and, and abandoned, but, but he was totally avoided. And not just avoided by people like him or secular, non-Christian, not God. Jesus, and trust me when I tell you, trust me when I tell you that Jesus knew what he was doing when he was using the imagery that he was using. Because an expert in the law who had all the answers, he knew the Bible. Jesus says, huh, guess what? There were two other experts in the law that walked right by this man and did not even care. I speak to the church today. I speak to those of us who know the word of God. I speak to those of us who consider ourselves followers of Jesus Christ. There is a world out there that has been neglected and avoided, maybe because certain churches don't want that kind of element in their church, whatever that element is. Quite frankly, if I can be very blunt, I would rather have that element than your proud religious spirit. Was that too far? No, it wasn't. Well, we don't want, you know, oh, we don't want addicts. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Do we want homosexuals in our church? Yeah. Because just like you, they need Jesus. 
Oh, what if they start acting a certain way? Folks, if a heterosexual couple started acting a certain way, I'd tell you to cool it or leave, let alone anybody else. So chill on that. And let's quit acting like there's a bunch of sinner cooties out there that might make us dirty. And let's stop avoiding people who desperately need Jesus. This man is laying there bleeding, left for dead. And Jesus says, even the Levite, even the priest, walked right past him. The church has to stop walking past the hurting. I don't have time, then you're too busy. I don't want to get involved. Jesus got involved in your life. We need to do the same in others. We can't. We can't just walk by and pretend that the hurting aren't there. Well, I'm wounded too, pastor. I'm hurting too. Do you know that God can actually work through your pain? Did you know that? There have been moments, church, where I have ministered in the midst of incredible pain. Nobody knew about it, maybe just a select few. And God did such an incredible work where it only could have been God, certainly not me. We need to stop walking by because we've got our own lives to live. Oh, won't you be their neighbor? Won't you be? Please, won't you be their neighbor? The one who suffered, he, he, he was attacked, he was in agony, he was abandoned, and he was even avoided by the religious. And that's not too far from what our culture is seeing today. But then the hero comes in to Jesus' story. We've seen the suffering, but oh, take a look at the Samaritan. We don't even know, you know, no, no names given, but <laughs> I love, love what Jesus does. I love what Jesus does here because he paints the bad guys to include the religious leaders, the religious Jewish leaders just like them, okay? Now, <laughs> there was a group of people that were despised by Jewish people and by Gentile people because they were kind of a half-breed of both. Guess who they were? Samaritans. <laughs> so who does Jesus make the hero in the story? <laughs> the Samaritan. So friend, let me tell you, you can be their neighbor if you are disliked by many. You can be their neighbor if somebody has a bad opinion of you. What matters is what is God's opinion of you. Won't you be their neighbor? Look at the scripture. Look what he does. Look how Jesus lays this out. He starts in verse 33, but a Samaritan. Can you imagine their eyes when he said Samaritan? As he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds and pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey, brought, to him, brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and he gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have. Now, modern day version of this, 
some person who maybe was not well thought of by someone else, or a lot of people for that matter, they saw the man hurting, performed first aid, did what he could, put him in his car, took him to the Holiday Inn Express, bought a room for him, kind of what you saw illustrated on the video. And then he goes to the innkeeper and say, says, he'll stay, the manager, he can stay here as long as he wants, just put it on my card. And he's gone. Can you imagine doing that? And it's not the actions that Jesus is wanting us to, uh, uh, to copy or imitate here. It's the heart behind the actions. Let me show you what that heart was. Let me show you what neighbor, let me show you what our heart needs to be to those suffering people that we've described this morning. Number one, we need a heart that is compassionate. He saw the man and he took pity on him. He didn't judge him. wonder what he did. He probably had it coming. Here, I should take a selfie with this guy. That'd be great on my Insta. He didn't do that. <laughs> and you know there are people that would have done that, you know. Hashtag lying on the street. But he, he, he saw this man and, and he had compassion on him. He cared. Listen, he cared. He cared about the victim. Maybe today what God needs to do is to change our hearts. And you may not have a lot of money. You may not think that you have a lot of offer, but you can offer a compassionate heart and that will go a long, long way. The Samaritan had compassion. Secondly, Not only was he compassionate, but he was very comforting. Instead of getting help for the man, he took matters upon himself to be a person that would be an agent of healing to the man. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Don't call the church and say, you know what, pastor? I know this guy who's really hurting. You should reach out to him. That's why I would pay you all that money. <laughs> no. No. Could, could, it be, could it be that God wants to use you? I'm not saying you got to buy a hotel room for the person who pays a mortgage, but... but, but could, could you be a person that could be used initially to bring healing to this person? Maybe this person who is suffering hasn't had somebody listen to them in a long time. And, and st- stop trying to fix everything. And, and maybe, neighbor, maybe you could just listen. I promise you when I was talking to that poor, poor girl, She's in her 40s, but she's... I, I caught myself. You know what? I'm a fixer. You know? How many of you are like me? Just like, you know, oh, I feel this way. Oh, 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 well, I've got something profound to tell you. 
Because I am a master of profundity. But I found, I found, because God caught me and, and really just said, shut your mouth. Honestly, just, can you imagine hearing that in your spirit while you're talking to somebody? Shut your mouth. Okay. And just listen. And just listen. Because this girl told me there were all kinds of people that were trying to give her answers, but I could tell nobody was listening. Neighbor, maybe God wants to use you just to listen. Or, or, or maybe there is something you can say that can correct the lies that they have believed for so long. I'm trash, I'm nothing. No, no. God says you are wonderfully made. You're his master, you're his workmanship. God doesn't think, God died for you. Then why does this happen? Why does this happen? And I, I now give you the freedom to tell somebody, I don't know. I don't know. But I know the one who does. So I'll walk with you in this one. I can at least give you comfort that way. That leads me to number three. He, he became a, a companion to this guy. Can you imagine if this story ended with, wow, stinks to be you. Here's some Bactine. I've got a Band-Aid in my glove compartment. Okay, good luck. Thanks. This man took it a step further. He brought healing right there on the road. Then he put the man on his donkey and accompanied him, accompanied him to a place of safety. Oh, Christian, hear me. Instead of just yelling out, yeah, I'll pray for you. And I hope you do when you say that. Sometimes we don't. But instead of just saying that, maybe we could accompany that with some actions where we can personally accompany that person to a safer emotional place. Maybe a safer, maybe we can give them direction as far as where their addiction's at. Maybe, you know what? I have no idea what you're going through, but I know somebody that has been, and this person can really speak into your life. Are you hearing me today? This man put him on the donkey and took him off the road and into a place of safety. And the scripture says, he stayed with him the whole night. Just watched him snore. But he stayed with him. And then when it was time for him to exit, he still lastly stayed committed to this man. Whatever expenses he has, I'll reimburse you. Put it on my card. (laughs) This was not just a one-day thing. Being someone's neighbor is not just a Sunday morning after church thing. 
Should I say that again? Being someone's neighbor is not just one phone call. Being someone's neighbor is not just one text. And you know what? You know what? That neighbor may not even respond to you right away. That neighbor might not not even say thank you. So what? That's not why we do it. That's not why we do it. You're not someone's neighbor according to the scriptures so you can get a bunch of thank you notes and public recognition. The only person who saw what happened was the man on the road if he was conscious and the innkeeper. That was it. He didn't go on social media and tell everybody how great he was. All he did was stay committed to this man even after that day. I think we need to learn how to build godly relationships that are healthy, where we will walk with somebody. That's going to take some of my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you know what my response is to that? Jesus ends with these two verses. Look at him in verses 36 and 37. He says to this expert in the law, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And the expert in the law, he didn't even call him the Samaritan, by the way. Isn't that funny? That, that, that would have been too much. The one who had mercy on him. Now look at Jesus' commands command to this expert in the law. Go and do likewise. What's our takeaway from this? How do we flesh this out outside of these church walls after today? Ralph, if you can, can you help me? How do, how do we live this out? I guarantee you sometime this week you're going to be seeing somebody who is beat up and ripped off and, 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 and hurting. You might get that phone call. You might see them in person. You might see them at work. And, 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 and Jesus gives us this incredible heart of a neighbor, a good Samaritan that was rejected by the very people he was telling the story to. He, he gives this heart, this profound heart of this man, and he says this, do the same thing he did. Jesus' message to the church is this. When you see the hurting, and when you see the, the people who have been attacked and in agony and, and, and are just, you know who they are. Jesus says, have that same heart for them. Get involved. Won't you be my neighbor? There's two sets of people hearing this today. The first set of people is the one that feels beat up. The enemy has stolen from you. He's tried to steal, to kill. He's tried to destroy you. He, he's left you 
emotionally, maybe even spiritually, God forbid, maybe even physically at times half dead. And, and people have been walking past you over and over. And you're wondering, does anybody care? My message to you is this, that today you're in the right place at the right time. Because this is a church full of Samaritans who don't always get it right. Who knows what people think of some of us? I mean, look around you. We're a bunch of characters in this place. But you're here amongst a group of people who biblically will love you like the Samaritan did for this total stranger. You're in the right place at the right time because this is not just a church. This is a family. But I also want to speak to the people that you're walking on the road of your life and you got things to do. You've got an agenda. You've got a list. I operate by the list. Some of you are just like me. I hear you laughing. A neighbor. Who's that person that you could be a neighbor to? They might be in this room. They might be at your house. In the building you live in. In the neighborhood that you live in. They might be on your campus. They might be on your workplace. They may be on your bus. They might be uh, somebody that you walk by all the time. Won't you be their neighbor? Will you stand with me? Has God's word challenged you today this way? It has me.
to the person who's suffering in here, my prayer is that you would just reach out to Jesus today and say, Lord, I've been beat up. I need you. I need you to bring healing to my life. Bring healing to my emotions. Bring healing to my memories. Bring healing, Lord God, to my relationships. Bring healing to me, God. I need healing. And maybe, maybe your response to God's word is to do just that, is to just cry out to God. But I imagine in this room that there are some potential Samaritans in here who are going to come across somebody this week that you have the opportunity to change their lives, maybe by just one conversation, one phone call, one text, one email, one encounter, one moment that could turn into something life-changing forever. I'm going to pray you today that the Lord would give you the courage to do what the Samaritan did. You may not be able to imitate his actions, but you can imitate his heart. And that's all God's looking for. So would you pray with me? Jesus, I ask you today that first of all, for the one who might be suffering today because they've been a little beat up, the, the enemy has robbed from them. The enemy has stolen from them. They need some healing. They need some strength. They need some peace in their lives. They, they, they need you. Jesus, I pray that you would restore what the enemy has tried to break. Repair what's been broken, Lord. So Jesus, I pray for healing for those that are laying on the dusty road, wounded. Be close to the brokenhearted, Lord God, and bind up their wounds. Lord, I pray. I pray for those of us that are walking on that path. And we see him. We see her. Lord, I pray that we would have enough compassion, godly compassion, to change a life. Lord, I pray that we would be that person's neighbor. So Lord, I believe in the next week, there are going to be some moments of life change because of what you've spoken to us today. Make us obedient to that, I ask you, Jesus. And we'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need to continue to pray, do so, would you? If God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. Let's seek the Lord.